Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20 says this word, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You think about those words for a moment. Of how is it that we can be thankful when life is kind of turned upside down? How we can be grateful when things aren't so great? Because let's be honest, there are times in life, be honest with me, where life stinks. Do you agree with me on that? How many of you agree that sometimes life stinks? Like, like we all agree with that. In fact, if your hand's not going up, it's probably because you're sitting here today and you're mad about something, life stinks right now. And you're just not willing to actually accept the fact that life stinks. So how is it then that we get to the place where we can be grateful in all things always to God, our Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ? Hey, let me read this passage with, to you today. Ephesians chapter 5, beginning with verse 17, says these words, Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. And so let's just take a moment here today to figure out how is it we can be grateful when life's not great, how we can be happy when things are kind of tough. How we can find joy when life stinks. Now let's just kind of look at this passage. Now we've got to recognize here, this passage was written to the church of Ephesus. A church where, uh, a place, a city where uh, they worship lots of different gods. And one of the gods that they worshiped there was the god Bacchus, which was the, the god of debauchery. Like the god where it's just like a big party. And like they worshiped this God that basically said, do whatever you want, live however you want, and, and there you'll find joy. And so when this passage is written in verse 17, don't be unwise. In other words, that's kind of the way we say, man, don't be a fool, don't be stupid. It says, right, like, don't be stupid here, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not be drunk with wine. And that's a picture of masking the things of life with something else. Now, obviously, we're, you know, we see there that some people medicate themselves, right? That some people, when life stinks, they figure out a way to, whether through alcohol or drugs, they, they figure out a way to, to self-medicate through the difficult moments of life. But that's really not the picture that, that I kind of want to paint for us all today, because all of us are guilty of doing that. Now, got to be honest with you, I, I don't drink. I, I promise you, I don't drink ever. You will never find. I went to a restaurant the other day. This is a true story. I went to a restaurant the other day with my wife, and we were sitting down, and, and a lady came over to me, and she actually said, would you guys like any wine with your dinner? And I said, no, no, we, we, we're, we're good. We don't. And then she said, I'll put it in a coffee cup. No one will know. <laughs> so she was willing to help me slide under the radar there. I was like, no, no, I'm good. I'm fine. Thank you very much. Uh, and I never drink coffee, so I think people would have been more shocked if they'd have seen me drinking <laughs> with a coffee cup in front of me. But the idea is that so often we get to the place where we medicate ourselves either through alcohol or drugs or shopping or stuff or acceptance or Instagram likes, or Facebook friends, or Twitter followers, or whatever, it else, whatever else it is in life that we are so desperate to have that there is where we find our joy. It's where we find our self-worth and our value. And so this passage is written like you will not find your value there. That's not where you will find your joy. 
And so it says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. The, the Greek word there, the, the idea of be filled is the Greek word plero, which kind of like not play dough, but plero, which literally means to be continually filled. In other words, it's not like a one-time fill up the tank. It's a daily experience of being filled with the glory, being filled with the power, being filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit of God. And there is where you'll find your joy. And so what are the things that we do to make sure that happens? Well, the passage goes on and tells us. So be filled with the Spirit. And then it says, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And so this passage is very clearly written to say, listen, you have to have a new way of thinking. Like when life stinks, you need to fill your heart with the things that are, that are good, the things that will make you happy. Now, let's be honest. Like most people in this room, we, we all like music, right? We like different styles of music. There are some people that like country music. There are some people that like uh, contemporary music. There are some people that like, you know, classical music. I mean, there are all different types of music that we all like, Right? that we enjoy, that we want to listen to. And so whether on our, our radios or whether in iTunes or in our iPhones or on our Androids or whatever it might be, we all have the music that kind of just brings joy to our lives. Now listen, we're walking up on Christmas season, right? And so like the, the, the music that makes me happy, the music that I really enjoy is Christmas music. And I love listening to Christmas music. I start about in August listening to Christmas music. My wife will tell, tell you that, that in my car, like, like, you know, you'll get in there, and if there's music playing, it usually is a Christmas song. Uh, I don't listen to a lot of music, but when I do, it usually has something to do with Christmas. I love Christmas music. And so for the next six, seven, eight weeks, six, seven, eight months, I don't know, I'll be listening to Christmas music. And man, it just makes me happy. And so this passage is written here, listen, don't be drunk with wine. In other words, don't try to fill your life with the things of this world. Be filled with the Spirit of God. And here's how you do it, man. Sing songs. Like go back to those, those moments of music that fill your heart. Those, those things in your life that, that just bring joy. And so it says here clearly, Psalms. Have you ever sat down and just kind of read through the book of Psalms? Have you ever sat down and just like spent time studying what it is that's found in the book of Psalms? Largely what you will find in the book of Psalms are songs that are written by the psalmist and in difficult times to remind himself of the power and the goodness and the glory of God, of things in his life that he wanted to be reminded of how when life stinks, God is good. When life is tough, God is there. When life seems to be completely out of control, that God is fully in control. And so this passage reminds us, man, make melody in your heart. Now, I realize some of us here today can't sing, and I'm one of them. Like, I cannot sing. I promise you, it, it's not going to be pretty. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter one bit. Why? Because when you fill your life, your heart, your soul with the presence and the glory of God, even if it's through the awful, horrific sounds that come out of your mouth, guess what will end up happening? you'll just find joy. Because let's be honest, when we're by ourselves, we think we're good, don't we? Be honest, like when you're singing in your car, when you're singing at home, singing in the shower, you think you got it, right? Great! 
Allow that to be a thing that in a situation in your life, when things are tough, man, you're just filling your heart with the joy of God. And so then it brings us to that last statement. Giving thanks always for all things. Let's be honest. Giving thanks always for all things is difficult. It's tough. There are moments in life when it just does not make sense. I have been in moments in my life where it was very difficult to give thanks for what I was going through. You heard Matt share a few moments ago how this has been the toughest year in his life. The reason for that is that in the last 12 months, he said goodbye to his dad. His wife, Chris, has said goodbye to her dad. They've gone through a lot of medical situations with family members. It's just been a really difficult journey. And yet we give thanks always. So how do we do that? I just want to give you quick, quick practical things we can do. Like the first one, make a list. And I'm not talking about make a Christmas list. I'm not saying sit down and write all the things that you want. Make a list of all the things where God has been good. Like just sit down sometime. And I don't mean like just like in a, you know, kind of in a, in a way that really doesn't, it's not a practical thing. I mean sit down with a pen and a piece of paper and write down the things that you have to be thankful for. Because it will remind you of the goodness of God. Listen to music. We talked about that. Man, turn on some music, some worship music, some, some music that just reminds you of how great our God is. Spend time in prayer and spend time in God's word. Let me just tell you, it will not be a difficult thing for you to find joy in the situations in your life if you are spending time in God's word and spending time in prayer. I promise you God will show up and do in those moments, those quiet time moments of your life, he will do what you think is not possible. Spend time in God's word and prayer. Man, look for opportunities for joy. Like actually be actively participating in looking for those moments of happiness and joy in your life. Find a way to be a blessing to others. There is no way, there's no question that if you will actually find a way where you can be a blessing to someone else, I promise you what will naturally come is a flooding of joy that will fill your heart because you've been able to make a difference in someone else's life. Man, find those opportunities, find those places. And the last thing, just remember. It's like, what do you mean? Remember what it is that God has done for you. Because ultimately, when life is tough, Christ still died on the cross. Remember, when life is difficult, Jesus still paid the price for your sins. Remember when you can't find a place of joy, when you're looking and it just seems like everything is turned upside down. Remember, there's still an empty tomb. There's still that moment that Jesus rose from the grave so that we could find life and find it eternal. So this passage tells you, man, don't be unwise, but understand the will of God for your life. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 says the same thing. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God. It is God's will for your life to find joy in every moment of life. And if you're sitting here today and you're thinking, man, life's not great, life stinks, and I'm not happy, and there's no joy, then I can honestly tell you that if you're not actively looking for the joy that God wants to bring, then you are actively outside of the will of God for your life. And you have to participate in finding that joy. One last verse I want to give you. Psalm 50, verse 15. Call upon me, 
in the day of trouble. And I will deliver you. And you shall glorify me. Call on me in your day of trouble. I will hear you. I will deliver you. And you will glorify me. There's not a thing in this life that you will ever go through where you still can't have the joy of the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. But you just have to look. And so right now, as our ushers and our deacons are coming forward, we're going to take a moment today and we're going to remember. We're going to remember exactly, guys, come on down if you would. We're going to remember exactly what it is that we have to be thankful for. Above all else that we have to be thankful for is the fact that God loves every single one of us. Doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter what you've done, God loves you. Doesn't matter how much you've messed up, God loves you. Doesn't matter how bad you've been, God loves you. And God loves you so much that he sent his only son, Jesus, to die on the cross for you. That Christ willingly went upon that cross and he laid down his life and he bled and died for every single one of us for our sins to pay the price that we could not have paid. No matter how long you would have lived, no matter what you could have done, no matter the works that you could have gotten engaged, involved in, no matter how hard you could have tried, you would never get to the place where you would earn the right to be called a son or a daughter of God. But you know what God said? I love them still. Romans 5, 8, God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's one of my favorite verses in all of Scripture because it reminds me no matter how bad I've been, God still showed up and God still showed me how much he loved me. And the way that he did that is he said, this is my son. This is Jesus. He's the son of God and he's perfect and he is sinless. And I'm going to let my son die for you. So as the ushers and deacons are passing the elements of the Lord's table, I just want to ask you a question. Have you ever come to the place where you've recognized the great blessing that we have because Christ died for you? I know there may be some people gathered here today, maybe watching or listening today, that have never come to the moment where they've said, I believe that God is who he said he is, that I believe that Jesus is his son. I believe that he died and that he rose again for me and have called on his name. You've not done that. Man, this Thanksgiving season, let me just tell you, the best thing, the greatest thing, the most amazing thing that you could do right now, right here in this moment, is to simply say, I believe And it doesn't matter how bad life has been. It doesn't matter where you've gone or what you've done. It doesn't matter the journey that you have been on to this point. Here's the good news. God loves you anyway. So do you believe? And so with our heads bowed and with our eyes closed, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, a passage that that walks us through this moment where we remember and reflect, it, it says this, that do not take of the, the, the table that we're about to partake in. Do not do this if there's something that is separating you from God. Don't come to this table in an unworthy manner, it says. It tells us to reflect, to look deep inside in our hearts and our minds to make sure that we are where God wants us to be. And so I just encourage you right now, 
in this Thanksgiving season as we've talked about how to be thankful in the good times and bad times, how to be grateful when life's not great, that maybe right now, right here in this moment, you just take the time and you just recognize, man, I've got it so good because God loves me, because Christ died for me, because he rose again for me. And if you can't with all honesty say that you are a child of God by believing that Jesus is God's son, that he died and that he rose again for you, that you have called on his name, found forgiveness in his name, right now in these moments, I would just say, pray just a simple prayer to God. From your heart to God, just simply say, God, I'm a sinner. God, I know I need a savior. And God, I believe you're the only one that can save me from my sin. I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that he died and that he rose again for me. And so today, forgive me of my sins. Save me today through your son, Jesus. And help me to live for you for the rest of my life. As you give me the power to do it. Thank you, God, for saving me. If there's sin in your life that is unconfessed, and you take this table that we're about to be a part of, That's entering in an unworthy manner. Right now, just, God, I'm sorry for my sin. God, I'm sorry for what I've done. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful just to forgive us of our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so right now, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for what I did yesterday. I'm sorry for the way that I treated that person. I'm sorry for what I said. I'm sorry for what I watched. I'm sorry for what I spoke. I'm sorry that I've not been seeking you every single day because that's the will of God for me. And so as we walk into this passage, as we take this moment, as you're looking up, the passage says in verse 23, for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. That the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. The passage goes on to tell us in the same manner. He also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And then this passage goes on to say these words. And don't ever forget them. Seriously. Like, let this be something that you remind yourself of every single day. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. God, he is worthy of our praise. God is worthy of our love. God is worthy of our service. God is worthy of us being in a place like this and lifting our hearts, our voices, worshiping him. God is worthy of our praise every single day on the good days and the bad days. God is worthy of our praise when life is awesome. And God is worthy of our praise when life stinks. Hugh, God is worthy of our praise when you win a big football game. And God is worthy of our praise when we lose. God is worthy of our praise when the doctor says, man, things aren't good. God is worthy. There is never 
been a moment. There has never been a place. There's never been a point in your journey where God is not worthy. So how do we be grateful? With our hearts, with our lives, with our lips. Thank you, God. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you, God. Thank you for your love. Thank you, God, for the cross. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for joining us here today. You know, at Thomas Road Baptist Church, since our very beginning, back in 1956, we've been about one thing and one thing only, and that is to bring the message of hope that comes through Jesus Christ to the world. And today, my friends, we recognize we live in a world that's messed up. We live in a world that's full of division and conflict and pain and sorrow. But Jesus came to this world not to bring division and sorrow, but to bring joy, to bring peace to bring hope. And today, that's the message that we want to share with you. And if you're watching this and you've never had the opportunity of, of connecting with him at that level, of understanding what it is that Jesus came to do, then I encourage you and I want to let you know the greatest news you'll ever hear. And that's this, God loves you. He loves you with an everlasting love. In fact, he gave his only son, Jesus, to come to this earth to die on the cross, to pay for your sins and for my sins, to do for us what we never could do for ourselves. What an amazing gift that really is. God loves you. Christ died for you. But three days later, he rose again. And when he came out of that grave, he gives us victory over sin, over Satan, over the grave. He gives us the hope for eternity. But according to God's word, it's very clear. What we must do is believe. We must believe that Jesus is the son of God. We must believe that he died and that he rose again. And if we do that, according to Romans 10, 13, 
anyone. That means you. It means me. It means every person that has ever lived. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so I encourage you today to recognize that hope that comes through Jesus. And if you've never trusted him as your Lord and Savior, do so today. Believing that he is who he said he is, that he did what he said that he did, calling on his name, and it'll change everything. That is the message that we share. It's a message that we want to take to the entire world. And today I would encourage you to connect with us, maybe even financially through a gift that you can help us to take this message around the world. I encourage you today to stand with us as we stand with truth, as we stand with hope to let the world know God loves. Thank you.